Ogumbawale for the win. Hello, 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 women's basketball fans. The first round of the WNBA playoffs are in the books. And I think you've made the right choice to tune in to Locked On Women's Basketball because we are going to take you all the way through Tuesday night's action, which I don't know about you, but I am still reeling from. I am your Wednesday host, Lindsay Gibbs, author of the Power Plays newsletter about women in sports and the co-host of the Feminist Sports Podcast, Burn It All Down. And joining me today is my newsletter friend, Matt Ellentuck of the Here's Basketball newsletter. Hey, Matt. Lindsay, what's going on? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think we have much to talk about, you know? Yeah, what happened? Did anything what, happen? What happened? Uh, so Matt, I also should shout out, has been in the New York Times a lot recently, providing WNBA coverage, so go check that out. Um, but yeah, so last night, Tuesday night, round one of the WNBA playoffs, we had uh, started off with a Connecticut Sun running away from the Chicago Sky pretty much um, in the early game and then in the late game. An absolute, I mean, a, a game I think we're all going to remember for quite some time where in the Phoenix Mercury beat <laughs> the Washington Mystics in a buzzer beater, not anybody buzzer beater, Matt. Shay freaking Petty. A Shay Petty buzzer beater. <laughs> and if you do not know why that is one of the most incredible stories in sports, well, we are going uh, to tell you. Going into the fourth quarter, the Mystics have been dominating. They were up by about 10 the entire game. Um, Mystics were big underdogs headed into the game. They're the eighth seed, just squeezed into the playoffs. They do not have superstars like Dana Trossi and Skylar Diggins-Smith. Um, but then the fourth quarter happened, and that's when you know the Phoenix Mercury stepped up. The Mercury put together a 17 to nothing run, gave them a 78-73 to lead. Um, with just over four minutes to go in the game. That's when the Mystics got going a little bit more. Leilani Mitchell hit some big shots. Kiara Leslie got one huge offensive rebound. We, we, 5.8 seconds to go. Mystics up two. And what happens is Skylar Diggins-Smith finds Shea Petty in the corner. Petty pump fakes Leilani Mitchell and lets the shot fly. Now, Matt... Was this a moment for you where time stopped when this ball was in the air? What were you thinking? I feel like that when Shay caught the ball, I thought there was five hours in between then. There were only, what, what did we say? There were 5.8 seconds. And like, we're watching Skylar dribble the ball and you're like, all right, I know how this goes. Like Skylar's either going to go take a contested shot for the win or like there's some screen being set for Diana that we're just not paying attention to. And Diana's going to catch the ball in the corner somewhere. And I'm like, kind of just like looking around like, oh no, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And the second that like Skylar kicks the ball, I'm just staring. I'm like, who is that? Like, who is that person she's passing it to? Like, didn't even compute it could be Shay. Shay does like what feels like 17 pump fakes, which I don't know how she had time for anything. And I just can't believe how like collected she was. If like, if almost any other player got the ball in that situation, you feel like immediately she would just be like a panic, like got to get it up. Like Derricka Hamby last year, like, like in that, yeah, way too, yeah. she had like six seconds left after the heave because she panicked about time so much. But like Shay just like was a pro. She knew exactly how much time she had. And like, 
we didn't even have to review the last play. We knew it was good, and it was just barely good. Um, it was good, though. Like, there was no doubt about it. It wasn't even, like, a close review. I think we didn't even really review it. We were like, yeah, that was good. Holy shit. Like, <laughs> Shea Petty. <laughs> all right. I want to give you all – I'm going to do – I'm going to talk in a paragraph right now because I want to give everyone the ultimate Shea Petty context here for why yeah, this was ridiculous. We need just the full rundown. So – for the first bit of perspective, in June of last year, Petty was on the Washington Mystics being congratulated by the Mystics for simply entering a WNBA game during garbage time. The team swarmed her after the buzzer for entering the game during buzzer time. And I wrote an entire feature about her for The Athletic detailing what I felt at that time was one of the most remarkable stories in sports. Yep. And now 14 months later, it's just gotten better every time. So Shea Petty played the first two years of college ball at Wright State, not heavily recruited out of high school. Um, She was good enough there to go to Temple for her final two years, where she was Atlantic 10 Player of the Year. In 2012, that's right, 2012, the 23rd overall pick in the draft by the Chicago Sky. She was in camp with two point guards you might have heard of, Courtney Vandersloot and Ticha Pichanero, who were so she knew kind of going in, not going to have a shot here. Nope. She was cut. That was fine. Went overseas, had your kind of typical rough overseas experience. But in 2013, Mystics invited her to their training camp, 2013. She felt good about it that season, got cut in training camp again. This point, almost gave up complete hope about getting into the WNBA. And then that fall, almost quit basketball altogether when she was playing in an awful league in Vienna, Austria. Um, But kind of decided to rededicate herself, give this all one more shot, and really stop thinking and focusing on the WNBA and just focus on what she could make out of her career overseas. Um, She spent a few years at a championship club in Germany called Wasserberg, and then in 2017, signed with TTT Riga in Latvia, um, really changed her diet, started dedicating herself more. And in 2019, um, Riga played in EuroLeague Women, which is the most competitive league overseas. And she was nominated for league MVP and point guard of the year. The Mystics offered her a training camp. Tebow remembered her from 2013. She came to the Mystics training camp in 2019, was there the entire training camp, got really close with the team, was the final cut. So Kim Mestag from uh, Belgium ended up making the roster over Shea Petty. Thibaut said, stay ready. I'm going to bring you back if you can. She kind of figured that's what coaches always say. Latvia called her, told her, because she had played for Latvia the past couple of years um, in EuroLeague. And they said, we can get you a passport to play in Eurobasket, which was the big national team competition last summer. She, on a Tuesday last June, she flies to Latvia. That Wednesday, Tebow calls her and says, I just cut Emma, uh, Emma Mieseman and Kim Mestak are going to play Eurobasket for Belgium for the next month. I want to sign you as the replacement player on a contract for this next month while they're gone. Her heart is in Washington. She wants to come back, but she's already dedicated herself to Latvia. On that Thursday, she finds out the passport did not come through. She didn't get that passport. On Friday, she is back on the plane to Boston. This story, I'm not even nearly done. Uh, we're gonna take a break really quickly. I'll be right back to finish the Shea Petty story because you, you, we just have to detail it all. I'm sorry, you, you, we just have to because it just it's about to get good. It hasn't even gotten good yet. 
All right, Lindsay Gibbs here, back with Matt Ellen Tuck, and I am monologuing, which I don't usually do, but it's to tell you the Shea Petty story, so it's worth it. So we are now, uh, last summer, Petty has finally gotten her WNBA chance. She is going to, for a few weeks, be a replacement player for the Mystics. She knows she is mainly brought in to serve as... um, a garbage time point guard and to balance things out during practices as a point guard not a key fixture for a month she's with the mystics and then when emma and kim come back she's cut again at that point coach t liked her so much he offered her a job as a video assistant to keep her around she stays on the staff as a coach ends up signing back on the team as a player for a short term when christy tolliver gets injured by the playoffs, she's back on the coaching staff wins a championship ring with the mystics as a coach <laughs> goes back to europe has another great season doesn't hear from other WNBA teams though and then she comes back and uh you know obviously the coronavirus pandemic happens in june tebow calls her and she thinks he's just calling uh to invite her because uh, she was already going to the ring ceremony for the mystics to get her championship ring he says, well, how do you, what do you think about coming to Bradenton with us? She thinks he means as a coach, like back in her video assistant role. But then he said, no, you know, we, we're missing all these players. Natasha Cloud's gone. We need another point guard. You would be one of the 10 players on the roster and you would get minutes this year. You know what I mean? You would get meaningful minutes. So she's in Bradenton with the Mystics. Then the Mystics get all of these injuries and uh, Tebow decides he needs to look at some younger talent. Um, he waves Essence Carson, and there's this weird um, day where, like, all the contracts are need to be guaranteed by, like, this certain day. And the Mystics get caught by having too many people on the roster because they're trying to sign a young point guard, Shook Sutton, to come in so they can look at her. They want to sign the young guard, Stella Johnson, to a, to a full um, year contract. Essence Carson hasn't got off waivers yet, though. And so they end up cutting Shea Petty, but their plan, and they told her this, was to re-sign her after she cleared waivers. Because by then, Essence Carson would have cleared waivers and they would have had the roster spot and the money. She gave them a verbal commitment. <laughs> she said, okay, I'll be back with the mystic. When you reported this. She gets through waivers. And I think she even got all the way through waivers. And then uh, she ends up shocking everyone by going to Phoenix with this Phoenix offers her a seven day contract. She barely plays for the first few weeks with Phoenix because they have Bria Hartley. Bria Hartley goes down and she ends up being the playoff hero against the Mystics. Man, have you ever heard anything like that? This is, you file this under stories that only happen in the WNBA. Like, <laughs> it's this, is so the, true. this is the only league where you're going to get something so thoroughly dramatic, like this years long process for a, how old was she when she was a rookie? Like 30? She was a 30 year old rookie last year. Yeah. A 30 year old rookie who like winds up becoming a playoff hero in like the spot that like Phoenix paid all of this money for Diana Taurasi to take that shot. They made this massive trade. So that Skylar Diggins Smith could take that shot, and it ends up being Shea freaking Petty. <laughs> it is, and then you know, for the Mystics, to me, it just sums up all their bad luck, right? Because they wanted, you know, they didn't really want to cut Petty. It was this weird roster thing. Um, 
And the player that they signed for the full season, Stella Johnson, gets hurt after a couple games and is out for the rest of the season. So they don't even have Stella Johnson, right? They could have really used Shea. They would have loved to have Shea. Um, And it just didn't, you know, it's just how, this is just kind of how the season went for the Mystics. I can't wait to find out where the Shea Petty story goes from here. Like, how much more chaotic can it get? I think that we do have to talk about the fact that Shea Petty didn't win this alone. Uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith, to get her first postseason win of her career in the the fourth quarter had 10 points three assists and one huge offensive rebound um Tarasi came on big they combined for 47 points um Bree Turner had a huge game playing in all 40 minutes every time they needed a shot who was hitting it Kia Vaughn yep <laughs> was hitting the shot this bubble has been so fun because everybody is getting a chance to play minutes and you're just, you're just surprised. And then you remember just how much talent and how deep the league is. Yeah. Kiavon was nuts. I don't know if we want to spend a lot of time on the mystics um, end of season. To me, it's a season that will be marked by, you know, their team I follow very closely and have reported on and, you know, it'll be remembered for the fight for Myesha Hines Allen's breakthrough for I'm mean, gonna remember Kiara Leslie's defense on Diana Trossi the first half of this game um really getting some great minutes um Matt what what are your takeaways from kind of the mystics this season yeah I think I agree with you on, on most of those parts I think Maisha Hines Allen's breakout is going to be the thing that we remember next year uh, when we start reflecting uh obviously we knew how good coach T was at managing a group and coaching a group um he obviously proved it again and I think all the players who come back next year are going to be better for this experience too, because they won't get as many minutes, but when they get in the game, I mean, they have experience as the, the go-to player. So they should feel comfortable in their roles. Now it's going to be like, who, who comes back? I think for the mystics, like this off season is going to be really, really interesting and uh, who they wind up resigning, what kind of money they resign those players for, what length of contract you mentioned if Emma is going to come back to the WNBA or not, like I think their off season is going to be really crazy. Uh, but this was a really fun season for them. I think, you know, I know the mystics were gutted in press last night. I haven't seen a team um, that gutted in a while. Um, I think they just fought so hard and to have it end like that. Yeah. Um, but ultimately no reason to hang their head and look, they, they led the strike too. You know, they were, they, they had such an impact on the bubble this season. You can't tell the story of this season without this Mystics team. And I think that most people thought this was going to be a pretty forgettable team. I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. So Matt, now we move on. Uh, Diana Trossi has another single elimination playoff game coming up. She is seven and zero in those now. And they're going to face the Minnesota Lynx. We still do not know if Sylvia Fowles will be on the court, but there's a chance. She's been practicing with the team, so, you know, fingers crossed there. Um, they've split their, their, they split their wobble games, which both happened uh, towards the end of August. Mercury defeated the Lynx 83-79, to 79, and then the Lynx defeated the Mercury uh, I wrote 80 to 80, which is probably not right. I'm guessing that is 80 to 70. Matt, what are, what are you looking for in this game? I mean. This, this is going to be so hard to, to decide. Obviously, if Sylvia Fells plays, this is a totally different game because she just makes that big of an impact. She was on my MVP watch until she got hurt. Um, but 
Phoenix can't do what it did against Washington last night and expect to survive a game against Minnesota. Their defense was porous for, for three quarters, and that's been a big problem all year. I mean, Brianna Turner has saved them a lot, but I don't know if she can do it against Sylvia Fowles. Um, that's going to be a really interesting matchup if it, if it happens. Uh, and then let's see, the, let's see the rookie cook. Uh, let's see if Crystal Dangerfield, uh, who I think is going to be rookie of the year, can contend against Skylar Diggins and against Diana Taurasi. Like, that's going to be a huge matchup uh, for her also. And uh, obviously for, for Minnesota, too, it, it's Nafisa Collier, who we all talk mm-hmm. about as, um, you know, maybe an MVP to be one day. Uh, and this is going to be a, a huge chance for her to, to make a semifinals in uh, a year we probably didn't think that the Lynx were going to make it this far, right? I don't know how many of us had the Lynx as the number four seed. No, I think they've definitely overachieved. I think the Mercury are a team that, weirdly enough, underachieved for their first half of the season and after Griner left um, in many ways overachieved and but you know you've got I mean you've got a bunch of Olympians basically on the on the court together you know it's going to be it's there's a lot of fun matchups and ultimately I think you know you've got the stars that are going to be relying on but I'm going to be looking to see who else steps up right is there going to be another Shea Petty like performance will Shatori Walker Kimbrough get going Uh, Sophie Cunningham maybe have a big game and on Minnesota side uh, Rachel Bannum ended the season with like a 30 point game or something ridiculous like that. Just like shooting like seven threes. Can they have another score like that emerge? Um, so I'm kind of curious what the peripheral players are going to do. Um, Cause I think in the playoff, those performances, um, if your stars show up, will make or break you. All right. We're going to talk. We're going to pivot and discuss the sun and the sparks and the, sky who are headed home all right friends i'm back to tell you again about built bar the best tasting protein bar on the market the improved built bar is even deliciouser which built bar says is a word so i'm gonna go with it there are 18 flavors including six new ones like matt cherry barcia what do you think of that name Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Built Bars are healthy and low calorie, low sugar, uh, high protein, high fiber. Um, look, you all know, vegetarian now during quarantine, I have trouble getting protein. So these protein bars are great. Um, peanut butter is my favorite. It has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, five grams of sugar, and five net carbs. And most importantly, a chocolate coating. You can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last if you go to BuiltBar.com with the promo code locked on. BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on for $10 off your next order. All right, Lindsay Gibbs, Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast, back with Matt Ellentuck. And Matt, the first game of the night, not as memorable. The sun pretty much ran away with it against the Chicago sky. Did that surprise you? And what are your memories from this Chicago sky season going to be? Yeah, I don't think it surprised me. I think based on the last uh, eight games of the sky season, we kind of figured this might be where it's headed. And in reverse, I mean, Connecticut started heating up as the season uh, came along. Um, But for the sky, it's like, I don't want to say I'm disappointed because I don't think anything this year was their fault. They had really crap luck. Uh, coming into the season, I had them as a, as a real contender. 
Um, but Diamond the Shields just wasn't ever health, healthy. I mean, even from the first game of the season, you could tell that something was off. She was coming off the bench. Um, and she's their piece. I mean, when Diamond the Shields becomes a superstar, that's when the Chicago Sky become a, a finals uh, team. And then they had uh, – James, James Wade did a great job managing this team still too. I mean, he brought on – Azrae Stevens this year, and she developed into a real – I mean, she probably would have been an all-star had there been um, a game this year. And she's this real versatile uh, 6'4 forward who can still play on the perimeter also, and she's going to be a really big piece to their future too. Um, so this year is just sort of like it – I feel like Chicago fans got like a taste. They're like, last year they were, they were great. This year was supposed to be the year and they had just crap injury luck, but they saw glimpses of what can happen when everybody comes back healthy. Um, so I think that's pretty much how it's some of this guy's season. It's all about next year. I agree though. It's kind of getting to the point for me with the sky where it feels like the past three years, it's been, it's all about next year. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just kind of ready to see them, um, you know, take things to the next level. I know injuries um, played a big part in this, but, you know, there were some disappointing performances for me. Um, Stephanie Dolson was kind of a non-factor in this game. Um, they got, I mean, they just got crushed on the rebounds, just like embarrassingly crushed. And I know Azure and Diamond help on that guard, but there's still really no excuse to be out-muscled. It made it feel like this is, this is cheesy. This is like coach speak. And I hate like these, but it made me feel like they didn't want it. You know, rebounds are so much about like, you got to go for them. Listen, I mean, they, James Wade's also been, I mean, Dolson's minutes have dropped throughout the season. And I know she was injured for the first part of it. And I don't know um, how much of a factor that was, but it's also definitely notable that her minutes went down and Ruthie Hebers went up as the season went along. So you kind of have to question whether or not Dolson is still a part of this long-term vision or not, um, or if this is going to be a Cheyenne Parker, Ruthie Hebert, um, Azrae Stevens forward center um, situation for, for years to come. So I don't know. I mean, she's definitely the question mark. Uh, but Chicago, listen, they have the talent. I know we keep saying next year, but they have the talent. I think Diamond's, uh, Diamond just not being healthy was just crushed. It wasn't just the Chicago Sky playing poorly on um, Tuesday night. It was the Connecticut Sun showing why they're a team that made the finals last year, showing that they're a team that knows what they're doing. Um, most notably, we had the two players that have been carrying them all season. Dewana Bonner with 23 points and 12 rebounds. Alyssa Thomas with 28 points, 13 rebounds, and eight assists and 40 minutes on the floor. Matt, what stuck out to you about Connecticut Sun? And my only stipulation is you cannot say the word labrum when you are giving this. <laughs> you are not allowed to use the word labrum. What? Do I say that word a lot? Do <laughs> broadcasters say that a lot? Um, I love the Connecticut Sun. Uh, I mean, Joanna Bonner is just so fun to watch. Uh, I mean, she was even fun in Phoenix, but she's way more fun in Connecticut where this is really her offense. Um, she is, she's the focal point. She's getting the shot attempts. Um, she's so clever, so creative, um, finding her own shots. Eliza Thomas is, we say it every year. I, I don't know. I don't think there's a better word than bold, just bulldozer. I mean, she just <laughs> runs everyone over. She is so clearly stronger and, uh, I don't know what else to say about them except that I'm also I, I love how they finished the season. I mean they they had a lot of players out at the beginning of the year. They 
Uh, lost Bria Holmes for the whole season. Um, Bria in January wasn't there for the beginning uh, handful of games. She was out with COVID. And they've really bounced back. Like, defensively, they're scary. Offensively, Dewana can get hot. I think that they have a chance in this game against the Sparks for sure. Um, they have the star power. Uh, Kurt Miller really knows what he's doing. He's one of um, the most creative coaches, as we saw last year, when he pushed a – Mystics team that was clearly better to five games uh, in the finals. So I'm really excited to see wh- how, how that shakes up. I'm even more excited to see what happens when John Paul Jones comes back next year. But oh my gosh. Uh, listen, this year they're still scary. They're still a team that I, I, I wouldn't be happy if I was LA knowing that I had to play them. No, not at all. I mean, and they've got these pieces coming from everywhere. I mean, um, Kyla Charles, who I covered in Maryland, you know, 13 points off the bench. This is a player that completely dropped to late in the second round. I am uh, excited by what the Sun are doing. And look, let's face it, they're going to play the Sparks, um, who actually, they have, the Sparks did beat the Sun both times this regular season, but they were both very, very um, tight games. It was 81 to 76 on July 30th, and then 80 to 76 on August 28th. Um. And we have to bring up last year, right, Matt? So what happened last year when these two teams met in the semifinals? Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Uh, did Do you think those... Candace Parker remembers this? <laughs> well, one of the teams. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're going to remember that too. I know the Sun team is a little bit different than it was last year, but still like that, that series was the defining moment for that Sparks team last year where we were like, oof. Like, we didn't feel good about the way that they exited. So if they go down again to the same team, it, it's not going to look, look pretty either. No, so last year, I mean, the, the Suns swept the Sparks. 3 nothing. The last game um, was – it didn't look like the Sparks even cared. Um, they got just mm-hmm. embarrassed on uh, – well, it wasn't their home court. That's another – conversation but in LA in the LA greater metropolitan area and Candace Parker was on the bench for most of the second half like she was literally benched by Derek Fisher one of the weirdest things I've ever seen and I gotta say the Sparks started off the season so good they were the very first team to clinch a playoff berth they've been limping down the stretch and with questions remaining, I think, about Derek Fisher's coaching. But if I am, uh, what is the case for the Sparks to be the Sun? It's going to be tough. Um, containing Alyssa Thomas is really the way to beat Connecticut, and not a lot of teams have the personnel to do it. I think it's going to really depend on Neko Gumake's health, for sure. Um, she's been up and down this season, and if she's able to, uh, you know, get in Thomas's way, that'll take off a real uh, – playmaker um, and offensive rebounder. Uh, Candace Parker is also going to be tasked to, I'm sure, stick with Alyssa Thomas at some points, but Dewana Bonner at a lot of other points. And Candace, uh, she was in the defensive player of the year conversation. She definitely should have been. I thought about her for the award, but she's had some lapses where, uh, you know, she gets beat and that can't happen in the series or else Connecticut is going to have a chance to take them down. I mean, single elimination is crazy. Dewana gets hot and Candace gets frustrated. That could be it. I'm excited. Thursday night, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Um, as you said, single elimination is crazy. Well, thank you, Matt. So tell everyone where they can follow you and read more about Here's Basketball. 
Yes, if you want bad tweets, uh, my Twitter is at M Ellentuck. It is spelled exactly how you think it is. Um, and my newsletter is on Substack. And as Lindsay mentioned, it's called Here's Basketball. Here's basketball.substack.com. Is that? Uh, it is actually my Twitter name, .substack.com. So M Ellentuck.substack.com. All right, we'll talk about that. Okay. <laughs> Listen, branding, branding is a little off. I, don't know. I needed a manager, Lindsay. I needed a manager. <laughs> We will discuss that after we get off the air. Uh, thanks again for listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. Erica Ayala will be here tomorrow to continue to update everyone on the social justice initiatives throughout the league. Howard Magda will be back on Friday. And look, there's really nowhere else you should be uh, during this playoff season than a podcast that comes to you five days a week with WNBA contact. Right, Matt? Yeah, that's a stag lineup.